Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. A little Wednesday morning edition. Uncommon. Not something you see very frequently on the show. Coming to you live on a Wednesday morning. It's about 8 a.m. outside. And uh, 8 a.m. outside. Just generally, it's 8 a.m. It's outside, inside, above ground, below ground, in the tunnels, the mines of Moria, wherever you go, it's 8 a.m. Uh, what's happening? My name is Quinn David Furness, uh, and thank you for listening. Hello to my friends in Pakistan, Khyber Pass, Karachi, Hyderabad. So sorry about all that flooding. Mercy, you see some of that that flooding in Pakistan last couple of days? It's been nuts. Mudslides and wash-offs and avalanches of sewer water it's all over the place man uh you gotta feel for those guys stay safe head for higher ground if you can and uh you know we'll get through this uh listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the beantown podcast number one we'll occasionally use some language number two this podcast is objectively terrible although i think it's going to be a fun show today we're talking football and uh, it's going to be, I'm going to keep it pretty short because I'm getting this in before work. Um, a wild, a wild week, a wild annual week of teaching the youths. Call me Socrates. S-O-C-R-A-T-E-S. Taking them all around Chicago. Today we're going to a live radio recording downtown and then we're going south to the 31st Street Beach to clean it up, uh, pick up some trash, etc. And then uh, tonight we're doing a salsa dancing lesson. So all sorts of stuff as I show these kids around town uh, and made even more kind of uh, exciting but uh, nerve-wracking at the same time. My, my, my co-teacher, co-counsel, if you will, uh, who plans and organizes a lot of this stuff? Um, his uh, his his wife is in labor right now, so he will not be joining us today or presumably the rest of the week. So, old Quinster is taking the reins with a bunch of eighteen-year-olds, uh, and we're going to see how it goes. Don't ask me to lead their salsa dancing lesson, but I might. Uh, but man, no, there's I just just found out when I woke up hour and a half ago. And there's something going on with the salsa dancing lesson tonight where there's amps and sound systems that have to be moved from one place to another on campus. And I don't have all the details. And so we are just going to have to figure it out. Going to make some calls. Uh, the NFL season, it starts in eight days from the time of this recording. I believe the opening game, uh, Thursday night, September 8th and I think it's uh, Rams at or Bills at Rams I think is what it is it's kind of a non-traditional you typically if it's a if it's a uh, you know like a interconference thing uh, where the AFC plays the NFC then that's all that usually means a Super Bowl rematch now there's only a 25% chance based off of NFL scheduling I guess it's with the 17th game now it's more like a 27% chance um, that you can get a Super Bowl rematch, and the Rams and Bengals don't play this year. Um, 
usually if that's not an option, you just get like a like a like a solid in in conference game, which would be like the Rams and 49ers, which would be perfect because that's an NFC championship game re- rematch or, you know, something to bring in the ratings, Rams and Bucks, Tom Brady, Rams and Cowboys, Rams and Packers, you know, that type of game. So Rams and Bills uh, is an interesting one uh, because it doesn't quite fit that mold, but it's uh, undeniably going to be a fantastic game. The Bills are on like year three of of people saying like, oh, this is the year like they're going to be the best team and they're going to win the Super Bowl. And we haven't quite seen them uh, break through yet. So I guess we're going to we're going to run it back again this year. Everyone's picking the Bills again, Uh, which I'm not I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the Bills stink. Uh, I love the Bills. They're fun to watch play. They're uh, sister franchises to the Vikings and that both teams have uh, gone 0 for 4 in their four Super Bowl attempts. But uh, I don't know. Let's let's just stop chatting about it. Let's actually see what happens. So this time of year today is usually our fantasy football preview. We've had guests on in the past. We're not doing any guests today. It's just been hectic. Uh, This week is hectic. Last week I was in Hawaii. The week before that was uh, orientation for my other crop of new students. So today we're going to be talking a little bit of fantasy. We're going to be talking a little bit of NFL too. And uh, I'm going to do my best to to keep it relevant, to keep it, uh, you know, not going to dig into... I'm not going to break down the routes, you know, the route trees, the X's, the O's, the the 11 formations, the 3-4 defenses. I'm not going to get into that nitty-gritty stuff because I want Beantown to be something that everyone can enjoy, whether you know American football or whether you're from Karachi and cricket is all you've ever been taught, okay? So we're going to keep this digestible for the fans. It's also going to not be a full, like, if you just... If you let me sit down with my microphone and my cup of coffee, which I have here in my Rockford Ice Hogs mug, um, and a full battery, I I would go on this for 90 minutes and be very happy. I'm not going to do that because got to teach in a little bit here. I might try to get a workout in. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to run today because I was lazy. And uh, it's already 8.20, and i got to be out of here by 10.15. Um, and we're just now starting to record. And I work till about 9.30 tonight, so it's just not going to happen. Uh, but maybe maybe a little hop on the bike. We'll see if we can make the time for it. Um, but but uh, it, we're, we're going to jump in here. We're, I think we'll, we'll talk a little fantasy. We'll talk uh, some NFL predictions. So you can hold me to my NFL predictions. So fantasy football, something of note uh, for me and probably not interesting to anyone else. But maybe just anyone who, who knows fantasy football might find the statistic statistical oddity of this to be uh, you know, compelling or curious. Uh, so the Great White North, the uh, Furnace and Denison Family Fantasy Football League, now entering year 17, which uh, is, a, is, a, is a, a feat that I think we're all pretty proud of. We still have six uh, of our 10 original managers, which is fantastic. The four Furni, uh, the Kamish, NDT, Andy, and uh, and Kyle, although Kyle is a co-coach now. 
Uh, and out of all the 17 years, this is the first year in history where my team is drafting first overall in the draft. Uh, that just doesn't happen for a variety of reasons. Uh, our, you know, for a while, our draft order was just completely random. And then the last maybe four years or so, three or four years, it's been uh, a new system where you get to pick, you get to decide where you want to pick based off of how poorly your team did the previous year. So if your team did really bad, you're like if you're the worst team in the league, you'll get to decide where you want to pick first. It doesn't mean that you're picking first. It means you get to decide out of the 10 slots. Uh, you get to decide which one is, is for you. So you might be thinking, gosh, Quinn, you're picking first this year. You must have really sucked it up last year. Uh, not the case completely. Uh, I was uh, the top scoring team in the league last year uh, and, and, and won my division and all that fun stuff, uh, but couldn't quite squeak it out in the playoffs. Uh, ended up losing to a uh, brother of the podcast, Walt, who lost to eventual champion of the podcast, first timer, Hunter Dennison, who uh, I'll take this, this brief moment to say congratulations, Hunter. Uh, never been on the show, but you are getting married in, uh, f- what, four days here, three days something like that. Three days, I guess. Wow, it's coming up. Uh, up there in Wisconsin. We'll see you soon. So congratulations. Big, big year. First, you win a fantasy football championship. Now you're getting married. That's really the two for punch right there. Um, so so I, I ended up finishing, you know, my I got to pick like fifth, I think. And it just so happened that the number one pick, uh, f- the, 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 the first pick in the draft kind of fell into my lap. Uh, which I've never had before. And it was tough. I was telling my brothers this. It was tough because the sixth selection was there as well. And there's nothing inherently sexier about one than six or vice versa. A lot of this, uh, I think for the most part, you can you can pretty confidently say, especially in our league, it's not like, oh gosh, if you get to pick here, you are set for life. Whereas if you get to pick here, you are screwed. It doesn't really work that way. Um, I think you'll find that teams have had success from pretty much all slots. But the interesting thing for me was uh, in the last, what, four years, five years, I've won two championships. And both of those have come when I drafted in the sixth slot. And I think one year was Dalvin Cook. And one year was, uh, I can't even tell you, I don't even remember uh, who I would have had the other year. I'd have to go back and look. Um, but so that, that six slot was available to me. It was beckoning me. Uh, but I also had the opportunity to go number one. And uh, there are obvious pros and cons to picking first. Um, the pro being you literally get whatever player in the league that you want. The con being you don't get to pick again until the end of the second round or end of the third round. But I push back on that and I say, hey, well, you take the opposite. That the tenth pick, well, yeah, you get two picks right at the top, the end of the first round, start of the second round. But then you don't get to go again for a large chunk. You miss pretty much the entire second and third round as well. So it's just it's just kind of a difference of uh, a viewpoint here. So I'm picking first. I'm not going to sit here on the show today and reveal who I'm whom I'm taking. Um, there's only a handful of 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 players in the league that should even be considered at first overall and uh, I won't won't say anything more about it Uh, I don't think it's it's really going to change anyone else's uh, perspectives or opinions uh, but I'm just we're not going to go any further on that the Great White North draft will be uh, one week from last night which is exciting always a fun time 
used to be used to be literally like a three to three and a half hour ordeal. We do it over the phone. I mean, this is, we're talking like 2006, baby. So, internet existed, yes, but uh, in our camp, at least, the Fur and I, we were probably like had just come out of dial-up, uh, probably running our Windows Vista, and uh, we would literally, and this is you know, for people who started playing fantasy football in like the 80s, they're gonna laugh at this, but like for me, it seems very old school. You know, sit around the kitchen table. You would have, you know, we'd have our landline, uh, cordless probably by that point, but you put it on speaker and uh, you'd have, you know, the four of you, the four Fernie men sitting around the table with your, uh, Steve would, Steve would let us print out our, our draft sheets, which is quite literally just a uh, sheet printed from the internet or a series of sheets that lists like every player um, who is eligible to be drafted. And you would just cross off uh cross off who was drafted and uh if you were smart keep track of who you had and uh, andy over there the commissioner would do it all enter it all manually into his computer and uh we would start playing from there i'd have to go back and look let let's take this let's take this opportunity this moment in great white north history let's go back to the 2006 season and uh, this is only going to be fun. I guess this this would be fun for any sort of sports fan. Uh, anyone who knows what fantasy football is would be uh, have their their guesses perhaps boosted a little bit by this, or their knowledge boosted. But what I want to do is just run through the the top the first round, the top ten picks of the original Great White North draft. And yes, I know this is highly specific and relevant to only my family but i think hey just think back football 2006 we're talking you know the the super bowl eras this would have been like uh you know 2006 would be like ben roethlisberger in his rookie year beating the seahawks or like tom brady and the patriots beating the 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 panthers and the eagles and back-to-back super bowls uh that those are sort of the uh that's sort of the era of of teams that we're talking about here, like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, uh, Young Roethlisberger, Young Rivers, um, you know those uh, Brett Favre on the Packers, those types of teams. So I'm just you, know, you you can submit any guesses you want. Beantown Podcast Yahoo.com again. This Beantown Union Podcast at Yahoo.com or tweet at us. We're at Beantown Cast. I'm at White Buns with a Z. All that stuff. Uh, but we're gonna now just briefly, uh, and then f- wrap up some fantasy football notes here, and then talk NFL. Um, go through the in order one through ten. The first ever Great White North first round draft back in 2006 done via phone. Uh, and again, these drafts would be insane. Not insane. They were probably really boring. Uh, but three, three and a half hours because there was no time limit on picks. And so you get a lot of people jawing back and forth. You also have to consider that you're you're working with literally like an 11-year-old and myself, a 13-year-old and my brother Jack, 16-year-old and my brother Walt. Like We know football, but this was our first ever exposure to fantasy football. Now it's so ingrained into at least my sort of just like mindset, my knowledge, all that stuff. I've been playing for playing it for a long time. I understand the strategies. I understand pretty much everything there is to understand about it, at least in the types of leagues we play. 
Uh, but back then it was completely new. Like taking a defense in the sixth round sounds good, man. Uh, let's do it. Taking uh, David Akers in the eighth round because he's a hot kicker. Heck yeah, I want a good kicker. Uh, whereas now, like you're not gonna catch me taking a kicker before round fourteen at the earliest. Um, and you'll still see some of those vestiges of of olden times. Like if you let Yahoo auto draft for you, they will take a kicker in like round eight. You will see Justin Tucker go then, which is just. You would think in 2022 that wouldn't be a thing anymore, but it is. So that very old school way of thinking um, is not completely uh, not completely gone for sure. Okay, well, that's not him and Ha anymore. So the first ever pick in the Great White North went to a team called Pold Groin, whose manager was my dad, Steve F. Back then he was the only Steve we had. Now we have two. Uh, but original Steve... Who did he pick? Well, he is a QB man. Peyton Manning was the first ever pick in the Great White North. Number two. Oh, you got to think back to your Madden 07 cover. So who was on the cover? Who took um, uh This is interesting in, in our history because it was actually a team that was supposedly owned, and, owned by and, and represented by my cousin Hunter, who we just mentioned, and his younger brother Sawyer. They never touched this team in their, like, 10 years of existence. Uh, so, or maybe even probably more than that, like 11 or 12. Uh, so this was, quote, the bad boys taking this pick. But in reality, it was just one of Andy's three teams that he managed. Three out of 10 teams were owned by Andy. Uh, the other being my my late grandfather, who we'll get to in a second here, um, who also couldn't even tell you what fantasy football was probably uh, but he had a team and he won twice despite never managing it uh so number two sean alexander there's a throwback for you we we already mentioned the seahawks on this show uh let's keep it going with some running backs here in fact we have uh, a lot of running backs in a row here um there are not going to be any wide receivers taken in this round so if you're wondering uh hey is uh is Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison going to pop up on here or or uh, Tory Holt? The answer is no. In fact, I'll I'll just go down the line here. I'll I'll tell you the wide receiver that I see in the first couple of rounds. The first one taken was Steve Smith Sr. by yours truly. He was just regular Steve Smith back then. Uh, and then I see, I should have brought my glasses, Chad Johnson, who would eventually go on to be known as Ocho Cinco. He would be taken Marvin Marvin Harrison, Tory Holt, Eric Moulds, I think was a wide receiver, right? Although that's a guy taken in the third round. I, I really don't remember Eric Moulds. I know the name, but I don't know anything about him. I don't know who he played for. Uh, the Bills, maybe. I'm not sure. Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, Randy Moss in round four. Uh, Reggie Wayne, there he is. Uh, Heinz Ward, uh, Chris Chambers. The list goes on and on. Dion Branch, Daryl Jackson. Good stuff. Oh, how about this? Neil Rackers. I mentioned like round eight for a kicker. Neil Rackers was a kicker taken in. Uh, in fact, he's not even the first one. So Neil Rackers was taken in round six. I promise you I wasn't going to get into the weeds here, but this is just too much fun. We're going backwards now. Ryan Longwell taken in the middle of round five. Ryan Longwell was a kicker, and he's drafted in the fifth round of fantasy football. Uh, Adam Vinatieri. 
taken by Turkish Delight, my brother Jack, with an all-time pick. If you're listening, you're, you got to love this. And this it wasn't considered at the time, I, as far as I can recall, like, oh, my God, what are you doing? It was just like, oh, yeah, he's a good kicker. Adam Vinatieri, taken at the fourth pick in the fourth round, a kicker. That's got to be the first one, right? If there's anything higher than that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip out. Now, that's the first kicker. That's, that's wild, which raises the question. The fact, if, it, if you took a defense at that pick, like the best defense, like the 85 Bears, I would be like, okay, it's a good pick. But taking a kicker is crazy. Kickers just don't score that many points relative to literally any other position in the league. Uh, the first defense taken was the Patriots defense at the, at the start of round seven. Okay, back to the first round. That was a rabbit hole, but I think it was fun. Uh, Larry Johnson for the Chiefs. He was taken with a third pick by the commissioner, Andy. Uh, let's see. Pick four. Oh, an all-timer. And uh, he, I think this was his 27-touchdown year. So this, I mean, I don't know. I think Christian McCaffrey might have topped it since then in terms of overall fantasy points, but maybe not in non-PPR like our league. But Ladanian Tomlinson uh, would carry the malevolent wood ticks to uh, just an all-time championship in year one, I believe is is how the history played out. Uh, that team was a juggernaut. And Ladanian Tomlinson quite literally, I mean, I mean, tw- 27 touchdowns. Let's see. Ladanian Tomlinson, 2006. Let's see if I can find... Some just quick stats here. Daniel Tomlinson rushed for career best 1,000. Oh, it's not even 27. It's 28. 1,815 yards and 28 touchdowns along with his three receiving. So 31 touchdowns. Okay. So let's just, I don't, you know, I'm not going to go into the record books here and, and look at this, but let's just take out. Uh, a quarter of that, so 25% of that, to get you basically the regular season stats on for fantasy football on LaDainian Tomlinson. So let's say he had about, I don't know, 1,400 yards and let's say 23 touchdowns. That's 140, 140 points. It'll, it could vary a little bit, but about 140 points. Let's say receiving yards, let's give him, I don't know, 150 uh, so 150 points plus 23 times 638. This again, just for the regular season, folks. Just for weeks uh, now, or, or back then, it would be weeks one through 13. Now it's one through 14. But that's 288 total fantasy points in the regular season. Again, it's a rough estimate. I didn't sit here and do all the math, but 288 divided by 13. That's 22 points a game. And that's non-PPR. That means you're not getting points for every catch. You're literally just getting points for yards and touchdowns. 22 a game on average. That's a pretty good way to win a fantasy football championship because especially back then, you would see in our league, I mean, if you you would see teams hit 100 uh, and it wasn't like, like throwing a perfect game or something like that. It would, it would happen, you know, frequently throughout the season. But now it's like, it, now, if you're hitting 100, that that's like, okay, this is a solid week, but a lot of teams have their weekly average be above 100. Back then, you would see a lot of 70s and 80s. That was just kind of uh, that probably because we're taking kickers in the fourth round. 
Uh, so to have 22 points a game from one player out of eight is just marvelous. So hats off to Kyle. I think he earned that one by picking LT. Coming in at number five, the second Colts player uh, in this draft already, Edrin James. Although that had to be getting closer to the end of his tenure, I think he still had a, a couple couple years left with the Colts, but he would go on to play for the Cardinals and uh, play for them in a Super Bowl, I think. Uh, number six for the Giants, Tiki Barber. Oh, I meant I, I forgot to mention number five, Edron James was taken by my brother Walt, who was known as the Nordic Knights back then, and passed on the opportunity to spell Nordic with a K. I think that was a missed opportunity. Number six, Tiki Barber, taken by. Andy's uh, third pick already in the first six picks of this draft. Uh, Tiki Barber by the Brill Bullets. And I'll say this. Andy was never never like uh, overtly doing shady under the table things in terms of, you know, if there was ever a, like there was never a trade between Andy and the, the, the bad boys or the Brill Bullets, which I think would immediately have to have been vetoed. Although... If it was like 2008, we would have had no idea what was going on because the internet was too slow. Um, but there were there were some times closer to the end of uh, end of the the, the 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 triumvirate, if you will, where there were some shady moves and it looked kind of accidental in terms of like Andy was playing this other team he he controlled and the other team didn't start a player they should have started or they started an injured player and. It just it started to break down a little bit towards the end of it. Thankfully, that is all a distant memory now. Andy only controls one team. I'm sure he's happy about that too, um, because it's two fewer teams to manage, and you get things like that where, hey, maybe Andy's competing with this other team for a playoff spot, and that other team is playing the bad boys, and the bad boys get a player from Andy that he dropped off of IR and or, or off off of waivers and Andy didn't mean to be insidious but it looks like that and it acts like that I'm so, I'm sure Andy is very happy to not have to be dealing with any of that anymore. Uh but to finish up our first round here, the second quarterback taken, Seahawks legend and so we got two Colts, two Seahawks taken in the first round. Uh Matt Hasselbeck taken by Turkish Delight aka Jack who would go on to take Vinatieri with just uh, three more rounds. Uh, number eight, Washington, uh, can't, say their, can't say their name legend, Clinton Portis, taken by the Raging Bovine. One of our original 10 managers who only lasted, what, three seasons? Uh, Jennifer Erickson. Uh, number nine, the first ever pick by yours truly, the only player from 2006 who's still kicking it in the National Football League. At least as far as I understand it. I'm not aware of anyone else. Tom Brady. Which, uh, that was only 16 years ago. So Brady was already like 20, 29 by this time. So we were already, I mean, 2006. I mean, Brady came in, what, the 99 season? Is that right? Or was it like the 2001 season? Whatever the season where they beat the Rams. I think that was his first season, right? Came in for Bledsoe. Uh, I think that was 2001. I think 99. 99 season is when the Rams won the Super Bowl over the Titans, or maybe it was the 98 season. And then it was two years later that they went back and the they lost to the Patriots um, on a Vinatieri coming back full circle uh, field goal as time expired more or less to win the game. Uh, and then number 10, the last pick in the first round from Pick'em and Flick'em, which was uh, our dear Uncle Jim, who's no longer in this league, but still uh, 
still out there flapping his lips. Carson Palmer, quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, who would go on to play uh, a number of years, uh, and then for the Cardinals. So that was your first round of the Great White North. And, hey, all I'm going to say to wrap up fantasy football, then we're going to make some NFL picks, is uh, a couple of things. Don't take a kicker in the first round or in the fourth round which no one does anymore but just in case it wasn't obvious for my first timers out there uh other things to note you probably don't that we took three quarterbacks in the first round you probably don't need that although you got to find a balance because anywhere you go online is going to say don't take a quarterback early and broadly that's good advice but here's the thing about the great white north and I've not, I'm not sure if I've ever found a league anywhere in history, excuse me, not anywhere in history, but anyone I know that does this this way. Quarterbacks traditionally in fantasy football, when you throw a touchdown pass, that's four points. If you're a wide receiver or running back, anyone else who scored a touchdown at six. And if you're a quarterback and you run for a touchdown at six, but pretty much any league everywhere has always said quarterbacks score four with their arm because it's so much com- so much more common, right? Not so in the Great White North. If you are a quarterback and you throw for a touchdown, you're getting the full six, baby. So what does that mean? It means that quarterbacks are slight are, are a little bit more undervalued um, just traditionally in fantasy football leagues as they should be. Uh, for those reasons I just mentioned, but not in the great way north. So you got to be careful because you'll read lots of articles out there. They'll say, wait on a quarterback, wait on a quarterback. And that's absolutely true. I wholeheartedly believe that um, with the four-point system. But when you have quarterbacks that score six points with their arm, right, the value between a quarterback throwing 45 touchdowns in a season and, or the, the gap in terms of points scored, if you have a quarterback, let's say Drew Brees, who's not in the league anymore, throws 45 touchdowns in a season, or you wait two more rounds and you get, um, gosh, I don't know, uh, who's someone else that would play quarterback in 2009 who was completely average. Um, I don't know. Tim Couch throws 25 touchdowns in a season, right? There's a difference of 20 there. So if you're if you're playing uh, if you're playing regular fantasy football, twenty times four is eighty, whereas forty four times four is uh, forty five ninety one eighty. Is that right? Did I do my math right? Yeah, twenty touchdowns versus forty five touchdowns. So that's a difference of a hundred points. But in our league, if you multiply by six. You get uh, forty uh, twenty times six is one twenty, but forty five times six is two seventy. So there's a difference of one hundred fifty points rather than a hundred points. I think if I did my math right, um, so the gap becomes bigger. That really talked myself into a whole jumble there. What it means for our league is that it's not uncommon to see. It, you rarely see a quarterback in round one anymore. Um, it just, the value doesn't quite feel like it's there. And we're also, I'll say this, like about, I don't know, eight, nine years ago in the NFL, um, you know, like 2012, 2013 or so, you would see a heck of a lot of guys like Manning, Breeze, Brady, even the Roethlisberger's and the Rivers, um, and even like a young Matt Ryan, where they were out there slinging like 5,000 yards, you know, 
mid forties touchdowns numbers. And I mean, that that's just explosive and way more valuable than just about anything else going on in the league. You don't see that much these days. You're going to get good numbers out of Mahomes, out of Allen, out of Herbert. Uh, but even, you know, guys, someone we haven't mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Yeah. He's won MVP multiple times. He's not, he's not throwing numbers like that. Aaron Rodgers won MVP last year. Last thing I'm going to say before we move on from fantasy football and into the NFL, um, Aaron Rodgers, 2021 stats. This is a guy who won MVP and, but he was not that fantasy relevant. Here's why in 2021, he threw for 4,115 yards and 37 touchdowns, which is a good season. Like that's, that's not a bad season. Um, but it's just kind of like compared to the old days of Breeze and Manning and just it's just not quite the same level. It's not maybe as drastic as I as I painted it, but um yeah, it's you you saw some just cannons for arms. So that's all I'm gonna say about fantasy football. Keep your head on a swivel. That's what Steve Johnson would tell you. New Steve. Um and uh and yeah. That's what I got to say. I want to say hello to our sponsors. I'm going to thank our sponsors. Then I'm going to go refill and coffee. Then we're going to come back, make some NFL predictions, and wrap it up here because I promise I wouldn't keep you long. Um, although I feel like I shortchanged you last week. So I'm trying to, trying to balance it out here. Call me even Steven. Our good friends uh, who did not join us last week, the Samson Q2U series, gave Samson a week off. But you know who doesn't take a week off? God. Because when God speaks, he uses a Samson. Shortest ad read ever. Uh, of course, our good friends, Home Pride Oregon. Guys, listen up. When you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, you got to trust the experts. Someone safe, certified, and someone who's been in this business a little while at this point. You got to call my dad, Steve, at 541-410-0316. Ask him some fantasy football tips. If he tells you to take Peyton Manning, he's tricking you. Uh, call 541-410-0316. Ask for Steve. Tell him uh, you, you, you learned about him from the Fantasy Football Podcast. You liked his sage wisdom. You liked the pick of Peyton Manning, number one overall. And because of that, you want your home inspected. He's doubly insured. Uh, and, uh, you guys, you just got to gotta go with your gut. Uh, and uh, sometimes that's Steve. Uh, so go to homeprideoregon.com to book today, 541-410-0316. Get your home inspected. Don't mess this up. Just like you won't mess up your fantasy football draft if you trust Steve. Um, was it last year? I forgot about this. That my dad had to auto draft. That sucked. He was working. Let's hope that never happens again. Uh, and then, of course, our good friends, the uh, Cuts by Q, serving City of Chicago, North Shore. Lake Forest, Northwest Indiana, Crown Point, wherever you need your cuts to be cut, call me, 815-298-7200, or go to cutsbyq at yahoo.com. You can email us. You can't really go there. Just email us, cutsbyq at yahoo.com, or Podcast slash cuts hyphen by hyphen q uh, to, to book your free consultation. It'll be like telehealth. It'll be cool. Um, put a shirt on because... If, I, if I'm going through all the time and effort to put a shirt on, I want you to put a shirt on, too. Uh, so when you need a fresh juice on the snappy and do, call the experts at Cuts by Q. Okay, uh, the much shorter part two of the Beantown Podcast coming up here after I refill my coffee. All right, welcome to part two. 
of Quinn Dave Furnish presents the Beantown Podcast. I was thinking, because I was listening, I was gone for about two minutes, three minutes. I was listening to a little Death Cab, Roman Candles. Excuse me, while I was filling up my coffee, because the song mentions coffee. I think we've mentioned that before on the show. Uh, but I was thinking maybe we need some like interlude music. You know those the old time movies you'd go, they'd be three hours, they'd have like the intermission music built in. Um I don't know. Maybe that's something we need. Maybe it could play over our ad reads. We don't always have a traditional first half and second half of the show, but it could be something something worth looking into. It would take a little extra a little extra time and, and effort, but I think we could do it. Last week you I, I'm what all I'll say is I'm hoping you did not peek into the future of the Beantown podcast last week because that was like a return to square one in terms of the tech aspect. And I'll tell you why. And I think I mentioned this maybe two weeks ago on the show. But in advance of my Hawaii trip, I knew I wanted to do a small Beantown recording while I was out there. So I said, let me get out my trusty handheld Sony recorder, uh, name brand, right? I've only had it for two or three years and I've rarely used it. I did a podcast from it once. I was walking through Andersonville. It's a nice day. That's the only time I've ever podcasted with it. And that's pretty much all I've used it for. Uh, so I, I pull it out uh, to try to use it. And I, I literally sat down. I wasted so much time, like almost an hour playing around with it, changing batteries, doing a million things. I can only get it to work when it's plugged into like the outlet. So it has a USB that slides out of it. And you can plug that in like you would plug in like your iPhone charger into the the wall. Um, that's how you get it to turn on. And it's uh, it's not even uh, it doesn't even work from the computer if the computer is connected. Power has to be connected directly to the power. And so I didn't bring with bring it with me to Hawaii because literally you'd have to s- like sit next to an outlet to record, uh, which I wasn't going to do. I guess. The, like, backwoods solution to that is to carry an extension cord with you and then just be walking around like you have a, you know, like you're a stand-up comedian with your with your wired mic on stage. Um, but that's not going to work in Hawaii, right? So it's definitely a bummer. Um, and it's, it's not a batteries thing because I switched the batteries. It worked both before and after I changed the batteries. I can't explain it. Um, there was nothing in the, the troubleshoot guide online about that. No sort of like forums or discussions about it. So it's definitely a bummer. Um, and I, you know, I could still use it for, uh, like recording around the house for something, but I really couldn't ever use it on the go, which is really why I got it. So total bummer, uh, definitely like outside of its warranty. It's been, you know, three years or something since I bought it. So that, that stinks. Uh, but to, to, to not bury the lead to finish up my point here last week was like the lowest of low budget ways of recording the Beantown podcast, uh, on the balcony in Hawaii with my work laptop, speaking directly into the, the laptop's mic, not using any sort of Samson or anything like that. No intro music, no outro music. So I apologize for that. Um, I guess that's, that's the bare minimum. Okay, what we did last week is the bare minimum. Um, so it's not, it'll never get worse than that, although I don't really know how it could get worse than that. Uh, but there is, a day, there is a day and time coming where the Mac is going to fail um, because we're, we're on like year 10 of it now, just about coming up on year 10. 
Um, and this baby's just not going to hold out forever one way or another, even though I literally use it once a week for podcasting. Only time it gets opened. So that, I mean, that's that. Uh, future Quinn problem. But uh, I, I, I suppose we're almost through five years of the Bean Town Podcast doing it this way. Not bad. Um, not bad for a little show. Going to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, I want to wrap up this show here by, by making some NFL predictions. I'm going to talk you through all 32 teams, division by division. I'm not going to give you a team preview or anything like that. That's silly. But I'm just going to predict where they fall in the rankings. And, hey, maybe if there's that one really zealous uh, beanhead out there who wants to come back in February and, and check all of our facts after the Super Bowl, then great, let's do it. So let's start with the uh, the AFC, uh, the the hottest, most touted, most talked about division, and for good reason, uh, I think in probably NFL history, probably the four, the greatest quarterback division in NFL history uh, with Patrick Mahomes, uh, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, and uh, whoever else plays uh, Russell Wilson for the Denver Broncos. Uh, the AFC West is going to be wild. So it's it's been a good division for a hot second already. It's not like we went from 0 to 60 this year. Last year it was the Chiefs who won maybe like 6 AFC West titles in a row something like that. Uh and then because they were winning even when they had Alex Smith. Uh I think uh, and then second place actually ended up being the Raiders, right? The Raiders and the Chargers played each other last game of the season, Sunday night, in what was act- essentially a playoff game because winner moves on, loser goes home. Unless they tied, then they both would have advanced. So I bet the Chargers are kicking themselves for not agreeing to that deal. Um, so it was the Raiders getting second place, the Chargers in third place. Everyone, like the Bills last year, was saying, oh, this is the Chargers' year. They're going to dominate. And they, they didn't even make the playoffs. And then, lo and behold, this year again, everyone's saying, like, oh, the Chargers might have the best roster in football. Well, they didn't make the playoffs last year. I'm not saying that they didn't improve. I'm not saying that they're not a good team. I'm saying let's actually let's actually see them freaking make the playoffs before we say, oh, the Chargers are going to be a tough team to, to knock out this year. They didn't even make the playoffs last year, my dude. So let's just see what happens. Here's how I predict the AFC West is going to go. I predict that the Chiefs will win the AFC West. I predict that the uh, I predict that the Chargers will win second prize in the in the AFC West. Although the whole thing is going to be close up until just now. I had the Raiders going second, but then I just thought, you know what? I I I I think that it was that close last year. It was a coin flip between second and third, so let's make it a coin flip again this year. I'll take the Raiders in third place, and I'll take the Broncos in fourth place. I'm not sold on the Broncos. I don't think they're terrible. Um, and I know Russell Wilson is a solid quarterback, but uh, I, they just got some stiff competition. I am a big Raiders stan, uh, which I don't really know what that means, a stan, but I've heard other people say it, and I think I used it correctly. Um, I think the Raiders are going to be just really tough to to beat this year. I don't know if they're always going to come out and beat you, but I think they're going to be really tough to beat. 
Uh, I think Carr is going to turn it over just just enough times to get them in third place. Uh, although I could easily see them at ten and seven, if not eleven and six. So that's how I see the AFC West playing out. The AFC North is uh, is fascinating. I think the only thing we feel like we know for sure is that the Ravens are a solid to to great team, uh, but even then they're one injury away from getting derailed. The other three teams, who knows? Cincinnati Bengals come from nowhere to get a wild card spot and go to the Super Bowl last year uh, and become come fairly close to winning the Super Bowl. Um, but it's weird because it's not usually if a team goes to the Super Bowl the next day you're like. Um, or, or the next year, you're like, okay, they're going to win the division. I don't particularly feel that way about the Cincinnati Bengals, um, although I do think that they're a good team. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, they're without Deshaun Watson for most of the season, um, so they're trying to win with Jacoby Brissett, and I I like Jacoby Brissett just as like a as his career and as a person, but uh, he's just not that great of a quarterback in the grand scheme of NFL starting quarterbacks. So that's going to be a struggle. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, who knows? Um, I think everything we've seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger in the past, like 15 years tells you that they are never going to be awful, but they're never going to be great. And that's just how I think that it's going to go this year. Whether it's Mitch Trubisky or uh, Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph, although did they cut Rudolph yesterday? I don't even know. NFL cuts were yesterday. Get down to the 53-man rosters. Here's how I think the AFC North is going to go. I'll take the Ravens at one, the Bengals at two, the Steelers at three, and the Browns at four. Uh, I just am very worried about the Browns. Um, I don't think that they're actually going to be that good, which is tough because they were like – a good solid team under Baker Mayfield after just decades of incompetence or whenever they came back into the league in the nineties or whatever. Um, and so now I'm thinking like we're going back to the dark ages because I don't think Deshaun Watson's actually that good. Uh, the AFC East, everyone's picking the bills. I see nothing that would change that. I'll take the bills at number one behind that. It gets a little interesting. Uh, you're probably looking at, the Dolphins are the most likely pick for number two, uh, but I really don't think Tua is that good. I've seen him play a handful of times, and I just every time I watch him, I'm like, my dude, I don't think you're good. Um, but I've heard the Patriots are an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, they really don't have much going for them offensively. Their defense isn't bad, but not like top in the league anymore. Uh, Belichick can always work his magic, but I just think like, they're so vanilla, so boring with Mac Jones um, that just I'm not convinced at all. And then you have the Jets, who everyone is like, maybe the Jets will finally not be 2-15 and 15 this year. Um, but then Zach Wilson is out. They're literally starting Joe Flacco. So I'm going to do the pretty like common uh, man pick here and just take uh, – that's in, in order from first through fourth. I will take the Bills. I will take – the Dolphins, I will take the Patriots, and I will take the uh, Jets at four. And yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets like 
got snuck up closer to 500 this year, but I, it's really hard to see them doing that without Zach Wilson, if I'm being completely honest. And I don't even think Zach Wilson's that good, but I know I know what Joe Flacco can bring to the table. And 10 years ago, it was like kind of Matt Ryan-esque, like solid. The fact that Joe Flacco, Delaware's finest, is still in the league is fascinating and horrifying all at the same time. Um, nothing against Joe. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but, uh, dude, you are not a starting NFL caliber quarterback anymore. And you barely were in the first place. Uh, last AFC division here, the AFC South, uh, just a dumpster fire. Just the whole thing, burn it down. I know the Titans have been really good for the last couple of years and then they just embarrass themselves in the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're even going to be really good this year. Here's why. They're not sexy. Their offense is Tannehill, old. Derrick Henry, who's amazing. I'm not going to sit here and criticize Derrick Henry, but he also had a huge injury last year. And their top receiver is Robert Woods, who I'm a big fan of as a player. He's not a number one receiver at this age in his life i mean he's got to be what almost in his 10th nfl season uh he's been around for a while um he's coming off a what an acl tear or something like that and uh you're telling me that this team is gonna with a with a kind of iffy defense you're telling me that team is gonna continue to like be a number they were the number one seed in the afc last year right no way not gonna keep up Elsewhere in the division, you have the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are going to be a like out of all the awful teams last year, they're the one that I feel best about that is going to be better because they get six games against the rest of their division. Um, and they got out from Urban Meyer. And Trevor Lawrence was uh, he's not a bust, right? Like he's still a good player. Um, and uh, that running game is going to be good with Etienne and James Robinson, Rockford Lutheran's finest. The Houston Texans are. Maybe the worst franchise in sports history, all of world sports history. And that's pretty much all I can say about them. Lovey Smith is their coach, in case you're wondering. Lovey Smith hasn't had a winning season in like, what, 10, 11 years? NFL college doesn't matter. He literally hasn't won in that long. And then uh, you bring up the rear end with the Colts, who I actually, not bringing up the rear end, I think are the best team. Uh, the Colts are like the safest pick for sure. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's got a little bit left in the tank. Not much, but a little bit. You got Jonathan Taylor. It's fantastic. Uh, Michael Pittman is great. T.Y. Hilton is gone. Finally, he was uh, he was limping around Lucas Oil Stadium for way too long. Poor guy. Um, and you have a really good defense. So I'm going to take the Colts at number one, although I'm not that excited about them. I don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl or win a playoff game, but I'll take the Colts at number one. Uh, I guess give me the Titans at two, although it would not surprise me if the Jaguars were number two because I just don't believe in the Titans. But for now, give me the Titans at two, Jags at three, Texans at four. I think that's a pretty common way of looking at it as well. Uh, we'll come, but we'll do. We'll finish up with playoffs at the end here. Um, but let's jump to the NFC and I'll go a little bit faster through this stuff. I promise. So the Anna will go West, North, East and South again. Uh, so actually we'll save North for last. That's fun. Uh, NFC West, like the AFC West oft considered to be like the best of the divisions. Um, you have the Super Bowl defending Rams 
you got to question how long is Stafford going to hold up. Uh, it will be interesting. They've got run game issues. Uh, they lost some of their offensive line. I don't think they're going to be uh, a dominant team this year. I really don't. Uh, you have the Seattle Seahawks, probably the worst team in the NFL this year, which feels really weird to say because they're not used to saying that about the Seattle Seahawks. But I legitimately think they're going to be terrible. Geno Smith, uh, while we're on the note of Joe Flacco, Geno Smith is a starting quarterback week one. Uh, how? I don't know. Geno Smith took over for Mark Sanchez, right? And that guy's still starting in the NFL. That's absurd. The 49ers. Went to the NFC Championship game last year. Now they're starting Trey Lance, who gets a lot of hate on the internet. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know if he's good enough in his first ever like chance as a starting quarterback in year two to actually lead a team to like 11 or 12 wins. Um, that's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, regardless, the Niners will, will remain at least a 500 team, if not better. And then uh, you have the Arizona Cardinals, who, uh, who knows, man? Like, every year they start off super good, and then they completely implode. This year, I don't know if they're going to start off super good because they don't have DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, Kyler Murray is, is fascinatingly frustrating. Like, he shows the flashes of being the best quarterback in the NFL, and then he just makes terrible decisions. So I don't really know. This is a hard division to pick. I don't think it's quite as like stacked or touted as people think it might be. Um, I will take number one first in winning the division. I will take the Rams just because I don't really know if Trey Lance is that good. And I don't think the Cardinals are that good, to be honest. Uh, number two, I'll take the 49ers just because I think everyone else besides Trey Lance is good enough to kind of keep them afloat. Number three, I will take the uh, the Cardinals, who just seem like a perfectly adequate 500 team. Like, they'll beat some really good teams, and they'll lose to some games, and you're like, wait, the Cardinals lost to the Jaguars? Okay. I don't know if they play. And then number four has got to be the Seahawks, right? If the Seahawks do anything above last place, that would be quite literally shocking. I'm not exaggerating. They look terrible. Um, their defense... Awful. Geno Smith, their quarterback. Those are two really bad combinations. DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett cannot win you games unless they catch the ball further than five yards downfield. I legitimately don't think Geno Smith can throw an accurate pass further than 10 yards. It's scary. Uh, jumping across the country here to the NFC East, America's division. We're always talking about the NFC East. Uh, it looks pretty sad, guys. Uh, the Cowboys expected to regress heavily. No more Amari Cooper. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's getting old, right? It's just, uh, I don't know if the magic is, is really there with the Cowboys. They lost in an embarrassing fashion last year. Uh, I just don't see them. It seems like every, you know, every Two or three years, the Cowboys have a season where they win like 12 or 13 games and everyone's on the hype train. Then they embarrass themselves in the playoffs. They doesn't, it doesn't really feel like this is one of those like really good years. I feel like last year was one of those years. And then you have the Giants just perennially trash. Even when they were winning Super Bowls, when they won their two Super Bowls, they were, what, a wild card team both times, I think? And it was like, how the heck did the Giants get this Super Bowl? And there's no no way they're going to beat the Patriots, and then they did. Um, 
that's pretty much how I feel about the Giants this year, except they have uh, Daniel Jones as their quarterback, who doesn't have any of that Eli magic. The Washington Commanders, after a couple of years as a Washington football team, they're now the Washington Commanders. You know who their quarterback is? Carson Wentz. Their uh, most exciting electric player coming into the season, Brian Robinson Jr., their running back. He got shot twice uh, this past week, and he's not going to really be playing much to start the year, I don't think. Uh, That tells you all you need to know about the Washington Commanders franchise. Glad Brian Robinson is okay. Um, but that's just, that's just Washington, man. And then the Philadelphia Eagles who are made the playoffs last year, got absolutely torched by Tom Brady and the Bucks in the opening round, a trendy pick to be really good. Here's the problem with the Eagles though. Jalen Hurts is still their quarterback. Jalen Hurts is an amazing fantasy football quarterback in real life. He is pretty bad. Uh, if I'm being completely honest with you and Yes, I know they got A.J. Brown. I don't think the Eagles are a trash heap. I also don't think that they're going to win 12 games. Uh, I think the winner of the NFC East could easily win 9 or 10 games. Uh, so who am I picking? This is tough. This is this is probably the first one in terms of division winners where I'm really like, I don't know. It's probably going to be the Eagles or Cowboys, but I really don't know. Um, I guess I'll take the Eagles just because I don't think it's going to take that much to win and i'm just not confident in the cowboys take the eagles first take the cowboys second take washington third because i think that they are i don't think the i don't think washington is like a dumpster fire i just think there's only so far you can go with carson wentz okay and number four gave me the giants until the giants do literally anything i will take them at number four uh the nfc south the the big hype in uh, in preseason and training camp is that the Bucks are actually not going to be that good. I am not believing that for a second. I think until I see Tom Brady not be good, they will be good. Um, I don't think they're the best team in the league, but I think that they're the best team in the South. I think the Saints are competent. I think Jameis Winston has evolved a lot as a quarterback, and he's not he's not the Bucks Jameis Winston anymore. He's still not amazing though. Um. The Panthers, I think, are going to be a lot better this year than uh, they have been in the past couple of years. And I think that's just the upgrade you get from going from Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield. But like the Browns, like, is he going to get you more than 10 wins? Probably not. I don't think the Panthers have good enough defense to get up there. But 500, I could see that if McCaffrey stays healthy. And then you have the Atlanta Falcons. It's not their year. Um, and it hasn't been their year for a while, but it's definitely not this year um i think mariota is their quarterback and i actually kind of like mariota but not as like a 17 game starting quarterback not anymore you know eight years ago the hype train maybe with the titans but not now um there's just nothing there for the falcons like it's it's not good so who am i picking i'll take the bucks at number one i will actually take this is a surprise Give me the Panthers at number two. I'm kind of a Panthers believer this year. Just and not not so much that I'm that confident in them, but they've just been so terrible um, the last couple of years. I think they're going to be better this year. Uh, give me the Saints at number three. I think the Saints are fine. I don't think they're great. Um, you know, 500 team, and then give me the Falcons uh, at at four. I think the Falcons and Seahawks are by far the two worst teams in the NFC, but the Giants. 
Giants are not far behind, and then you got the Bears sneaking in there as well. Those are the four teams that are just like, yuck. Okay, NFC North, finally. Green Bay Packers have won a lot of NFC North titles last 10 years. It's basically just been Packers and a sprinkling of the Vikings. Um, the Packers don't have anyone to throw to. And Aaron Rodgers, maybe he was just being cheeky again, but he literally came out in preseason and was like, yeah, my wide receivers suck. Um, and uh, I think that's just pretty indicative of where the Packers are at. I think they are going to make it work because I think Lafleur is too smart. I think their defense is going to be really good. And then they're going to find a way to use... I think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to be enough of a centerpiece slash distraction to where guys, their their rookies, Dubs and Watkins or Watson, whatever his name are, is whatever their names are. And Sammy Watkins for the first four weeks of the season and Alan Lazard, like... There, there's going to be just enough there for them to 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 win the division again, uh, because I think they're going to win a lot of like seventeen to thirteen games, um, because that's just the type of team they are now. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, who knows? Probably the biggest question mark in uh, in football this year in terms of are they going to be really good or really terrible? Um, the thing with the Vikings is if everyone stayed healthy, I think they would be fantastic. But in the NFL, that doesn't happen. Um, Hunter is going to go down at some point. Cedarius Smith's going to go down at some point. You know, it's just Thielen's going to miss games. Cook's going to miss games. It's just, I don't, I, 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 you know, the Vikings fan in me wants to be like, oh yeah, look at this team. Like, look at the system O'Connell's bringing in. Like that, that could be really good. And I wouldn't be surprised if there were a handful of games such as opening week against the Packers, where it's like they flash so much and you're like, oh God, like the Vikings are real this year. But then one of those key pieces goes down, and they have to play a tough road game, and it's just like, we should have won that game, and we threw it away. That's just kind of how the Vikings operate. Uh, The Detroit Lions are a trendy upstart pick. They've been on hard knocks this year. Um, I don't know if they're able to do it with Goff, though. That's the thing. I don't know if they could get any better than 500 with Goff. The Chicago Bears are one step above dumpster fire. Everyone likes to say they're a dumpster fire. I think that there's going to be enough there. I think they're going to surprise some people with their offense. I think they're going to be somewhat competent on offense, uh, whereas a lot of people think they're going to just be terrible. I don't think that's true. Uh, But that defense is just going to get torched. Um, It's not good. So here's how I see the NFC North shaking out Packers first Vikings second Lions third Bears fourth which I think is just about how everyone is predicting um in the playoffs give me we're just going to do championship games and Super Bowl in the AFC let's see I haven't thought about this at all this is literally just shooting from the hip as we hit the hour mark here hour 03 yikes I don't think I'm getting my workout in. Woof. Um, in the AFC, got to plug my laptop in. I'm losing juice fast, like OJ on the on the interstate. Um, I don't think OJ ran out of gas though. It would have been pretty funny. Okay, enough beating around the bush. So who did I pick to win the divisions in the AFC? I said Ravens. I said Bills. I said Chiefs, and I said the Colts. Give me the Bills versus the Ravens in the AFC. I think the I think the Ravens might 
might make it happen this year, um, at least winning two playoff games. So give me the Bills versus the Ravens in the AFC and give me the Bills to win the AFC. I'm not necessarily sold like everyone else's as like the Bills are the best team in the league and that they're definitely going to win the Super Bowl. But um, they've gotten they've gotten so close in the past couple of years that I think they have that taste now that I think they can make it happen. So give me the Bills in the AFC, which is like the least sexy, exciting pick to make. But let's just do it because that's how I feel. Um, I think the Chiefs are just going to struggle a little bit to outscore teams without Tyreek. Now, I really do feel that. And without a good running game, that's tough. Uh, in the AFC, give me this – is, this is tough. I think, that, I think the best teams in the AFC are way better than the best teams in the NFC. Um, and I'm not a believer in the Rams or Niners who were in the championship game last year. I'm definitely not a believer in um, – the Packers as a like a Super Bowl winning team and nothing in that NFC East excites me. I guess just give me the Bucks in the championship game because uh, I think that they're going to figure it out by playoff time by January, um, even if they have a little bit of a rocky season. Uh, give me the Bucks and give me the uh, give me the the Rams. I guess also not exciting. Uh, but those are just two teams with old quarterbacks and two teams that have been there, right? The last two Super Bowl winning teams. Like, sure, let's see it happen. Um, and I guess I'll take the Bucks again because I feel like the NFL is rigged um, to a certain degree. And if they think this is Brady's final year, then they're going to want him in the Super Bowl. And I honestly believe that. I'm not just saying that. So give me the, the give me a Bucks Bill Super Bowl, and uh, I will take the Bucks to win the Super Bowl again. Which is definitely going against the grain because I feel like everyone, not everyone, it's very trendy right now to say, oh, the Bucks are, you know, it's going to be a bad year. Uh, I just don't think the NFL would allow that with Brady. I truly believe that. So I'm not definitely not sold on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as being the best team in the league. That's just kind of how my mind process went out or went, went as I was going through this. Um, I would love to see the Vikings do well. I just don't think it's going to happen. So. Uh, that those are my NFL picks. Put a stamp on it. My confidence level is like fifty four percent. I had not thought about any of this before I started recording, so we were just firing blanks here. Uh, but that's a long podcast episode, and I said I was going to try to keep it shorter, and look what happened. So uh, I literally got to get showered up and uh, go teach some some eighteen year olds until nine p.m. tonight. Long day. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you don't like football, you never made it this far. And so if you do like football, hopefully this was a fun show for you because I talked football for a long time. That's what I got for you. Let's cue up our outro music, everyone. Stay safe. Stay sane. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.